0: Welcome to Smith Memorial Online. We're glad you joined us today. We're located in Collinsville, Virginia. At Smith Memorial, our motto is simple Follow Jesus. We'd like to encourage you to check us out online, www.smithmemorialumc.com. There you can find out more information about us, opportunities to serve, and ways to support this ministry through giving. We pray that God would add blessing this day to the hearing and the doing. God's Word. Good morning, friends of God, and welcome to this time of worship. We pray that you know that wherever you find yourself listening this morning, that God's presence is with you. We know it's not ideal to not be gathered together as the body this morning. But the leadership board of Smith Memorial, as well as the direction of our bishop, have decided to not only act in caution, but also to act in charity to the most vulnerable in our midst. We are hopeful to be back in worship with all of you very soon. Let's open with a word of prayer. Mighty God, you meet us in unforeseen circumstances. We pray that we do not act out of fear, but out of love. We pray that out of the abundance of your mercy, you would remind us that church is not where we gather, but it's the people in whom we align ourselves with. We pray, O oh God, that your spirit would manifest in our homes, in our office buildings, that you would be present in all that we do and all that we say. We ask, O oh God, that the fears that surround us at this time would be squelched, that we wouldn't act in a sense of panic, but that we would do the things necessary to allow this too to pass. We pray for those most directly affected. We pray for the most vulnerable. We ask that your spirit, O God, would be present even in our worship and even when our worship is done like this. May this, by your spirit, be joined together with you and all the faithful around the world. For we ask these things in your son's name. Amen.
1: When life keeps falling And wonder where he is In all this mess He's right there to guide you unseen You're not alone His light shines on the past that we're not shown Lord, from this storm, as it poured, you made it cure. In an overcrowded line, the it brings us down to where we reach for him. Our God above has hands to heal, saves us from our faults. And Giving us the peace that we so desperately need Give me shelter, Lord O
0: Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you as the day rises to meet the sun. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was at the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the Psalms, Psalm 74, 17-20. Remember, O Lord, how the enemy scoffed, how a foolish people despised your name. Do not hand over the life of your dove to wild beast. Never forget the lives of your poor. Look upon your covenant. The dark places of the earth are haunts of violence. Let not the oppressed turn away ashamed. Let the poor and needy praise your name. Arise, O God, maintain your cause. Defend the poor for your name's sake. A reading from the Hebrew Bible. Our reading today comes from Exodus chapter 17. This is a a few episodes after Moses has delivered the Israelites from the bondage of slavery in Egypt and has started their journey towards the Promised Land. Exodus 17, beginning in verse 1. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord had commanded. They camped in Rephidim, But there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted for the water. And the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are already almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck in the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you at the rock in Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it, so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massah and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us, or not? Lastly a reading from the New Testament, Paul's letter to the Romans. Chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more assuredly then, now that we have been justified by his blood, we will be saved through him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies... We were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more surely, having been reconciled, we will be saved by his life. But more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom now we have received reconciliation. This is the word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Wash away, wash away from my heart this pain and the rain.
0: Would you pray with me? Bless, O Lord, the hearing of thy word. May it be as sweet as honey. Bless this time of fellowship. May these words be what unites us this day. Place the cross before me, let none see me but you in your grace alone. Before it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. One can't help but to have sympathy for those Israelites complaining in the wilderness about their lack of water. You can't help but to just look at them and, and think to yourself, I get it. I totally get it. I understand what they're doing and what they're saying. All of us have a desire in some way, shape, or form, to go back to the securities of the ways that things were once upon a time ago. I mean, let's think about this. The way that the Israelites tell their story is that they ground their identity in a person by the name of Abraham. Abraham, called by God from the land of the Ur of the Chaldeans, called by God, said to be the father of many nations, that from him all of the world would be blessed. And Abraham goes and wanders, and he, he lives on the land of Canaan as a resident alien. And God continues to remind him, one day, Abraham, one day this land shall be yours, and your your offspring shall be as numerous as the stars of the sky. Likewise, Abraham has a child, Isaac. And then Isaac has Jacob. And Jacob has many sons. And God continues to promise them to stay faithful to them, to to be in covenant relationship with them. The people are dying in famine. They go south to Egypt. They find their brother Joseph. They're brought back into right relationship. They live on the land of Egypt. They're, They're filled. They have all the food that they could want, all the water. All the stability. But that land is not their land. That's not their story. That's not their promise. And as they settle into the land of Egypt, a new Pharaoh arises that did not know Joseph. This Pharaoh deals harshly with the Israelites. So harshly that he puts them into bondage and captivity. Where they serve supposedly for hundreds of years. But that's not their story. Their story is not meant to be one of captivity. Their story is not meant to be one of slavery. Their story is one of covenant relationship to their God, Yahweh. So God hears their cry, raises up for them a servant. Moses does all sorts of signs and wonders in their midst to convince the Pharaoh to let his people go. The people are finally let free. They begin their journey out and all of a sudden Pharaoh has a change of mind. He sends his troops after them to bring them back. The people are terrified. They're afraid. The troops are behind them. The sea is before them. They're stuck with nowhere to go. But once again, God makes a way where there is no way. Tells Moses to take the staff. to stick the staff down and the seas would part and the Israelites would cross over on dry land and when they got to the other side they would begin their journey towards freedom but the people start to wander and as they wander they start to get hungry And as they wander, they start to get thirsty. And as these bodily needs of theirs start to manifest themselves greater and greater, the people want to do only one thing. They want to go back. Why did you take us out here to kill us in the land of the wilderness? At least in Egypt, we had food, they say. At least in Egypt, they had water, they say. But once again, God hears their cries. Even their cries of disobedience and unfaithfulness. Advises Moses to take that same staff that he once used to deliver the people across the sea. To take that same staff and to strike a rock. And to watch the waters flow out. So that the people's thirst might be quenched. What is it about our God that continues to make this God so gracious to people who are just so stubborn? I think Paul has it right in Romans 5. the magnum opus of his letter the 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 main thrust of his prophetic work the main idea of what transformed his life on that road to damascus paul came to the conclusion that God is a God who works on behalf of the ungodly. He says, therefore, since we are justified by faith. The common English Bible and the the Greek there is a little bit sketchy because it could also be translated, therefore, since we are justified by his faithfulness. So the question is, whose faith is it? Is it our faith or is it Christ's faith? Maybe it's both. Therefore, since we are justified by the faithfulness of Jesus, what does that mean? The faithfulness of Jesus to walk amongst people like us, stubborn folk, arrogant folk, folk that just never seem to get it right, folk that never seem to measure up, folk that are condemned by the law, Therefore, since we are justified by his faithfulness, his obedience, as Paul later says in Philippians 2, his obedience, even his obedience to death on a cross. You see, for Paul, our justification comes by and through that which Christ has to do for us because we are unable to do it for ourselves. And we receive that faithfulness of Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection. We receive that as our own by faith. You see, Paul wants to make it crystal clear for us that Jesus isn't sitting up in heaven the perfection of the triune God with a little faithfulness meter attached to his doorpost that he just sits and watches all day and waits for the faithfulness meter to read, okay, now is the time. The people have perfect faith. No, for Paul, the gospel message is that while we were still weak, while our faithfulness was not yet at the place it needed to be, while we were completely lost, at the right time, at that time, when our faithfulness meter had run dry, God did what God consistently does over and over and over again. Christ came to the ungodly, and in this case, Christ died for the ungodly. And that ungodly is me. And that ungodly is you. And that ungodly is the Israelites in the wilderness complaining about their food and their water. That ungodly is the people that come after us and the people that come before us, people who don't measure up. God proves his love for us. And that while we were sinners, while we were far off, while we were enemies, God proves himself. God proves his love in his dying. And hiddenness is rising for folks like us. This, my friends, is indeed good news. I offer this to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, I want to invite you just to a time of quiet reflection. I want to encourage you. I'm going to play a clip, Amazing Grace. It'll just be instrumental. But during this time frame, I want to encourage you to lift up your prayers for your brothers and sisters around the world, those that are struggling, those that are sick, those that need to know that God is present and near to them. I want to encourage you to lift up those in whom are struggling at this time struggling with their self-worth, struggling with feeling as though they don't measure up to society's standards or their family's standards or your standards. Pray for them. But I also want you to pray for yourself. Pray that you might be reminded of who you are and whose you are in Christ, despite who you are and despite what you've done, that Christ has justified the ungodly And it's ours to receive by faith. I invite you to this time of prayer. Amen. Lord grant us the ability to think with your mind, to hear with your ears, to see with your eyes, to speak with your mouth, to walk with your feet, to love with your heart. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Friends, we're so grateful that you have chosen to spend worship with us in this way. I know that it's not ideal, but I pray that God's blessings will be added to you through the hearing and receiving of God's Word. You'll be able to download this audio file. You can share it with your friends. We also want to encourage you during our absence from in-person worship to continue to be generous to care for those most vulnerable to look after those who are aged to check in with your friends but also to be generous in your tithes and offerings we've set up opportunities to still be able to contribute to the ongoing work of Smith Memorial you can do this by going to smithmemorialumc.com give. You can also mail PO Box 1081, Collinsville, Virginia, 24078. Friends, receive this benediction as we begin to part our ways. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Amen.